Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode of the Out of Spec Podcast was brought to you by Magna. Magna is a leading-edge mobility technology company for automakers, and it supplies automotive systems, assemblies, modules, and components to countless brands you've undoubtedly heard of. GM, Ford, BMW, Mercedes, Volkswagen, and so many more. Magna has been a key player behind the scenes for decades, including pioneering some of the first reverse cameras before you had even heard of the concept. They now look to the future with fully autonomous driving systems, ADAS, and many electric car components for your EV at home. We'd like to thank our sponsors that make shows like this possible. Hey, welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I am Jordan, joined with Kyle Connor and special guest Dave Connor, Kyle's dad, um, which we're very excited to have on the show because you may have seen him in videos in recent times, um, road tripping around, owning a million ID4s, and now an Ionic 5. Um, I thought that maybe someplace we could start off and talk about just, you know, we'll get into some of your, some of your car history later because it's a fascinating car history, just the bits and pieces Kyle's told me. But Starting from the present, how do you like the Ionic 5, and where have you taken it recently? Yeah, no, I really like the ID5, and I, I know that a lot of people... You mean the Ionic 5, not the ID5. Whatever. The ID5, <laughs> the Ionic 5, you know, it, it look, the Ionic 5 is really, truly a... I would put it up in the top five cars that I've actually ever owned. And I know that's 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 saying a lot, but there's something very special about this car that I, I just don't know what it is. And and I, I will tell you that when I first saw it, I didn't like it. I thought the angular line on it from a stylistic standpoint, I, I just thought it it looked weird. And in the pictures, it looked very strange. And then I actually saw one and it was in that digital teal color and it, it just didn't do anything for me. And, and as I was going down more research, 
I started to look at the the technology under the hood. What's actually going on with this car? And and that's what really started to attract me to the vehicle as opposed to keeping the third ID4 that I that I had purchased. And the reason for that was really simple. This thing charges so much faster. And oh, while yeah. for everyday usage, Jordan, you know, like I don't really need that. My commute is six miles one way and I can charge on a 110 at home. It's fine. But when I go to Florida, because we got a place, uh, some of you may know, down to Marco Island, this is, this is life-altering. Now, I, I took some notes when I did my ID4 trip going down, I don't know when it was, over the summer. Mm-hmm. And the time that it took me to go there in minutes, okay, was 373.34 minutes of charging in the ID4. Wow. And the Ionic 5, 242 minutes and 8 seconds. That's... 131 minutes and 26 a little more than two hours and 11 minutes less time charging and to me that's that's really sort of you know a major jump in terms of capabilities that that really got me into saying maybe i should look at this car you know i was thinking about what if it saves me three hours one way that's six hours round trip that's 18 hours on three round trips, which is basically what I'm going to be doing between now and the end of the summer. One more round trip, that's an entire day sitting <laughs> at fewer Walmarts at two in the morning. I, I joked with Kyle, it could be the difference between life and death. <laughs> you know, just when you, think about, when you think about some of these locations that you go to at Electrify America, and thank you very much for putting them out there. But you know, they're kind of getting like, what good is happening at a Walmart after midnight? You know, there's not a lot good happening there. So, um, so anyway, the, the technology got me interested. And then something happened when I saw this, this um, moon, moon, not Moonstone, Moonstone Grays on the ID4. When I saw this shooting star matte finish, yeah. I was like, that, that really does it for me. And I, I saw it in person and, then I read all the, you know, the scary, don't buy it because it's the worst thing in the world from a taking care of it standpoint. Well, can you explain why it's hard to take care of? Yeah. So my, my understanding, limited understanding on the research that I've done is that that the, the there's a paint color and then there's a clear coat on top of the paint color on any car. Um, the clear coat the, that goes on top of this matte finish, the way that Hyundai does it is because it's not a wrap or anything like that. It's an actual paint. It The paint on a traditional car with a glossy finish, it's a very smooth finish. But with this Ionic 5 matte color, the 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 uh, clear coat is actually like peaks and valleys, like mountains and, and valleys. And if you use a wax to clean the car or, or polish the car, the wax will fill in all those peaks and, and valleys. And if you get a spot where it's filled in, and then there's a spot where it's not filled in, it'll look it'll look shiny in one spot, and then it'll look like matte in another. And it kind of reminds me of this 1978 Honda Accord that I had when my buddy Tommy Bruce and I, we bought this. I, this thing had like uh, you know 110,000 miles on it, and it did a paint job. And I put masking tape all over the car, 
and I and I bl- and I went to the Honda dealership and I bought this exact color paint. It was a metallic tan paint, and I just I just painted the whole car. And when I took off all the masking tape, the whole car had spots all over it. And of course, back then I was in college, and everyone nicknamed the car spot, and it was a big joke. But this car, you have the potential <laughs> of of if you don't take care of it the right way, you can actually have a shiny spot here and then a satin or a matte spot there. And as long as you're not using wax on the car and you're not taking it through a car wash, like an automated car wash, and you use a waxless paint um, car wash for the paint, then it's fine. And I I have found so far, you know, to take care of it's really not been a big deal at all. So that's that's my story on the paint con. <laughs> it's like a love story. You describing how you came upon this Ionic Five and the, saw it in, fer- in person and fell in love, love at first sight. It's well, beautiful. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it took it took it, it wasn't love at first sight. I, in yeah, fact, you're I right. Thought- it's a it's a polarizing design, and so at first, in the different color, you weren't quite sold, but you love it's it. It's weird because color typically does not drive my buying decisions i like I, I do look at style color to me certain cars look okay in many many different colors in the ionic 5 to me there was only two colors that worked cyber gray which i loved and um the shooting star matte and the reason why i ended up going with the shooting star matte had nothing to do with the exterior color i could have been either way shooting star or or the or the cyber it was the interior. And I remember when Kyle did that, I don't know where the heck you were, Kyle, out in California, and you got that, you know, you got the, um, the shooting car map with what they call the dark green yeah. interior. Like that, by by the way, the worst name in the history <laughs> of naming interior colors of car ever. Okay, they win. Like, not even a competition. Because I don't see any dark green at all. Maybe the dash you could, like, if you maybe had a couple of, Michelob lights, you could say maybe it's it's a dark green color, but <laughs> there was the the interior, the 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 white interior. I really liked. I didn't like the car with the dark interior, and it had this piping on there that just spoke to me. I was like, I have to have the piping. Yeah. And um, in order to get the piping, you had to get the dark green interior. In order to get the dark green interior, you had to get this the the uh, the shooting star. You couldn't get the the cyber gray, the cyber gray came with the same color interior seats, the nice white seats, but there was no piping. And even yeah. my wife, who was like, I don't really care about this car. She, she's <laughs> indifferent about the Ionic 5. She, she's like, what are you doing? Just keep the ID4. It's fine. It's really nice. It's really comfortable. It's got massaging seats. What are you doing? Um, but she's like, yeah, I like, I like that piping. So um, that's why I ended up with the car. Um, it was a combination of of looks at first, the paint color, the interior, and then there were a number of things that that were really frustrating me about the ID4 that kind of motivated motivated me, which maybe we could talk about as well. But yeah, great car, um, monster monster road tripper. The only problem with it is in the uh, cold weather. It's um, as you and Zach discovered on your on your race to Vegas, right? You guys plug yeah. in. What are you pulling? Sixty. Yeah. 60 kilowatts, right? And That's user operator error. 
Yeah, I I didn't uh we didn't rubber band it like at all. I would yeah. I would kind of wish I had driven um <laughs> just so I could like really do it like at that yeah, point it's worth just like burning the whole battery pack to warm it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Know, running it all the way down. But, but anyway, we'll talk about race to Vegas and uh, Yeah, the but what what I was going to say is that on the on specifically on the preconditioning battery, there's so many people talking about the rumored you know, a software release that's going to be coming out before next winter. Um, I hope it does. But right now, it you know, the car it's 60, 70 degrees, 80 degrees now. doesn't matter anymore. The car is an animal. It's a charging yeah. animal. So Definitely. Yeah. Great car. So how many, I mean, you probably don't know the number, or do you? How many cars have you owned? How many cars has know. Kathy experienced you just <laughs> buying and selling? <laughs> yeah it's been it's been a i guess i'm sort of envious of the business that kyle's in now because he can experience cars you know get these cars for a week or two and be done with them and then move <laughs> on uh you know when you're in a position where you've got either manufacturers or friends throwing your cars to review that works when you're working for a living and you get bored of a car after buying it and two weeks later, you're like, wait, look at that over there. That looks really interesting to me. It becomes a relatively expensive hobby. So I would say that it's it's <laughs> embarrassing. I don't want to answer. But so, well over 100 cars I've owned without yeah. a doubt in my so, life. You know, they sometimes say don't meet your heroes. Um, was there, <laughs> are there any cars that come to mind that you just were you know, envious of and wanted to have it and you got it and it was just so disappointing? <laughs> no not no but there was a car when i was 14 13 years old my next door neighbor owned he was a lawyer he had a few bucks he had a Datsun 240z and i just i looked at that car and i said i really have to get one of those cars and when i was maybe 13 and then i started growing you know and i'm six foot five and 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 i started getting taller and taller and i remember not thing in the car in any way shape or form where i was comfortable and and i never ended up getting one but that was like my dream was that car hey dad you know what happened today speaking of that car is the new z just yeah. launched and zach drove it and um yeah, the embargo just lifted today on the new one, which oh, looks wow. like the old one a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, remember yeah. we went and drove that one 300ZX twin turbo, I think in Nyack, New York? rear steering. Yeah, that was a cool yes. car. I, I, you know what it is, Jordan? I, I have um, – I've bought and sold a lot of pre-owned cars because mm -hmm. buying new – you know, up until recently, buying new at the right price is just, you know – you're, yeah. you're really killing yourself in terms of value. Um, but you know, so, so I've, I've tried to buy cars right over the years and keep them for a while and then get tired of them and then flip them and sell them. There was a, um, kind of remember the spider, the Mitsubishi, um, yep. was that a, what, what did VR they call four. it? Yeah. That was, that was a pretty cool car. I think that also had four wheel steering as well. You also had an E60 M5 in period, which was yeah. cool. 
So I'll tell you a story about that, right? Kyle's like, yeah, you got to get this car. It's got this, this transmission that is, is you don't even have to shift it, but you kind of do. It's a, it's a manumatic or I don't even know what this thing was. Well, it was an SMG <laughs> is what it was called. It was a, right. Semi-manual gearbox and yes. SMG. So I remember one day I, it was a long day. I'd gotten off the train. I was getting onto the merit. It was raining out. And I was looking in my, my left, I'm getting onto the merit. I'm accelerating and I'm looking at the cars in my left hand mirror. And then all of a sudden they just disappeared. I don't know where the cars went. And I looked up and I was completely sideways. And, and I looked at, I, I realized that Kyle had put the car in some kind of, you know, when you can turn off like all the traction control and turn, which is fine <laughs> if you know what you're doing. Okay. And, or, and, or are prepared well, for well, you should explain you had your M buttons programmed and we set them up together. And I was like, Oh, you don't want any of that traction control stuff. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I, I, but do you think I understood what that meant? Like I, would I think as a car enthusiast, yes. No, I, I, I did, but you know, but I didn't realize the car was still in that mode, I guess. And mm. I, that was one of the scariest, almost accidents I've had in my life was in that M5, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's getting a little off track from an Ionic 5, but you know, there's been a lot of fun cars over the years, um, had a lot of Porsches, had a lot of, um, we had a lot of sobs, believe it or not, the old, really? the old, uh, so, you know, when we picked up Kyle's uh, and uh, Alyssa's new um, uh, e-tron up in Watertown, Connecticut, a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, they still had the Saab sign out in front of the dealership, which I thought was was pretty cool. <laughs> no, and an Isuzu sign. They did have an Isuzu sign, but I'll never forget it. I was in 1978. I was not old enough. Was I old enough to drive? I was right around old enough to drive, but I didn't have any money. And I was like, my, my father, I was trying to convince my dad to buy this Saab Turbo. And and we used to go drive. We used to go over in Orange, in Rockland County, in Orangeburg, New York. There was a Saab dealer there called Pizza Saab. And I used to, I used to, God, let's go see the Saab. Let's go see the Saab. And at the time, BMW was kind of coming into the scene, and they had brought out the 320i and brought it over to the States. Now, obviously, they were in the country before that for a while, but so he ended up going with the 320i instead of the Saab. I was so depressed. And uh, <laughs> I just, I wanted, I mean, it, it said turbo on it. How cool was that, right? Turbo. That was the age where you put turbo on toothbrushes and it was cool. Yeah, it was <laughs> right. Exactly. It, it was, but there was, they, they had the marketing down there and uh, it was, it was kind of a brilliant thing. Anyway, I, I'm getting way off track. So I'll, there's no track we need to stay on. There's no yep. track. Okay. Nope. It's, it's anything. Well, you know, I, 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 I just wanted to maybe talk a little bit about maybe more about why, why I went with the Ionic five as opposed to the, ID four, or yeah. why don't you start earlier than that? Yeah, talk about hybrid electric, and then your your electric, I guess uh, A to Z. How you ended up where you are now? Yeah, if you're yeah, such so, a Porsche guy, why don't you drive a Taycan? That's a good question. That's a good question. So I I, I will look. I've worked my whole life in intangibles, um, basically Wall Street selling electronic trading, stocks, stock trading, and what have you. 
And, um, you know, thing I like about cars is you can touch them, you can feel them, but there's so many intangible things that go into a car that uh, I find it extremely fascinating. When you think about this, you have all these raw materials, you have rubber, you have metal, you have, you know, plastics, you have all kinds of things that come together, that are melded together, designed, implemented from all different manufacturers, brought together that have to work in minus 30 degrees in, you know, let's say Fahrenheit, all the way up to 120 degrees Fahrenheit or 110 degrees Fahrenheit. And you have to sell this, make sure people are safe and warranty the car and deliver that to someone. And, you know, within all kinds of specs and guidelines. So to me, I think my fascination with cars is, is really been around on the manufacturing side of that. Um, my, my first car that I ever had, it was given to me by my dad's dad, my grandfather, car was up in Rochester, New York, and it was a 1966 Ford Mustang. It was, uh, it was, it had a 289 eight cylinder engine in it. And because it was in Rochester, it basically didn't have much structure to it because all the rust, all the salt, and all the salt had eaten the metal away over the years and, and, and the rust. And, and in any event, I, I brought that car down to my house. I had it before I was 16. And I used to try and tune up the engine. I really didn't know what I was doing and it had a carburetor and I would stick a, a, a you know, a, um, whatever, um, a screwdriver in the carburetor. And, and, and I, I just tinkered around with it. It was a lot of fun. But, you know, over the years, as technology started to kind of increase and you started thinking about fuel economy, the thing that caught my eye was the Toyota Prius. And, you know, the, the concept you of trade an M5 in on the Prius. No, you traded a Range Rover in on a Prius, which was the funniest transaction ever. <laughs> I, yeah, I might have. I don't, I don't remember. I remember I remember getting the the, the, uh, the M5 at the Stanford Hunt. Uh, you got an STI. Uru dealer. Right. Right. I was going to look at an Impreza. And, and there they had this beautiful silver M5 on the floor used. I don't know why they had it there. I was like. I got to get that thing. But um, <laughs> wait, but didn't you trade? There was a there was a period where it was the new STI. Yeah, the hatch came out. The hatchback before, one. Yeah, right. But was that before or after the M5? That was. Well, I don't remember. Yeah, and then a Prius ended up in the mix, but then either before or just after the Prius, a supercharged Range Rover, and then another Prius. Well, so so, but that maybe that maybe that was yeah. the chain of events. I, I don't remember, but the thing I remember was getting in a taxi cab in New York City, and it was a Prius, and I had never been in a hybrid before, and it had this graphic where it was showing energy going, you know, to the wheels, and then energy going to the battery pack, and I asked the the cab driver, "What is that?" I had no idea what it was, and he explained to me. Not super eloquently, but he explained to me that the car not only had a an engine motor, a gas engine, but it also had a motor and a battery. And I thought that was just super fantastic, like fascinating to me. And the fact that that uh, I didn't like the Gen ones at all from a styling standpoint, but when the Gen and this was a Gen two, um, and and I and I got one. I think it was was that a Prius five? I think it you was had a Gen three. 
Gen 3. That's right. It was a Gen 3. The Gen 1, forget about it. The right. Gen 2 is I didn't like, but yeah. the Gen 3 was kind of like a tolerable design to me. But I was I'm, more I'm fascinated with what podcast chat room with two ex Prii owners. Yeah, Dave, this oh, is, is a right? car you and I both owned the, the Gen Three Prius. I I, I, I thought it, <laughs> those things are tanks. They're I need to find through. some other hosts here. <laughs> it was well, great. So the Gen the Gen Three Prius had a slightly flattened bottom steering wheel, a power button. That's right. That's <laughs> Real right. performance machine. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but that that car, I just there was something about what was going on underneath. Again, the technology that was really yeah. fascinating to me, and the and the fact that you could actually get fifty miles to the gallon in that car was amazing for its time. It was so far out in front of anything else on the road at the time, with the exception of maybe a Volkswagen Jetta diesel, right? Yeah. <laughs> which they wouldn't even tell you what you could really get in those things because they had some interesting tuning going on with them, but that's a different <laughs> issue. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the fascination of the technology. And then if you, if you fast forward to Kyle was when Kyle turned 20, I said, Kyle, it's your birthday today. What do you want to do? He said, I want to go test drive a Tesla. And I said, yep. Okay. I'm sure, it was before I was 20. But I think I, it was your 20th birthday. Maybe yeah, it was your 19th well, birthday. It was definitely earlier than that because I uh, was working for Tesla when I was 20. Oh, oh, so, so okay. You know what? Maybe it was your 16th birthday then. I apologize. It was a while before 20, that's for sure. But anyway, some point in history. In, in any event, so <laughs> we went up to. Was it Mount Kisco at the time, or was it the mall? No, it was Westchester Mall. Westchester Mall. Yeah, that's there right. Many Tesla, you know, stores for a while, and a lot. No, of there weren't. Were in malls. There weren't, and and unfortunately, Kyle was too young. They would not let him. Of all the companies, to not let, whether it was sixteen or seventeen years old, he wasn't able to drive the car, um, even though he was a licensed driver. So I I had to drive the car. And it was a surreal experience driving this Model S. I will never forget. We're driving up um, 684, mm -hmm. and there was a there was a Kyle. You may or may not remember this, but I remember this. And I remember this car had some technology on it, so it wasn't like 2012 or 2013. It might have been when the first quote autopilot had come out there was a U ups truck in the right hand lane and i was going in the center lane and the ups truck started to come over into our lane and the car avoided the ups truck and it was it was pretty fascinating to me what what happened i can't remember exactly if i was doing a lane change or it did something and i said to myself wow that is pretty incredible technology. And it was also just the surreal smoothness of, you know, the power delivery and, and how it, how it actually, how it actually handled that. I was just immediately fascinated with the electric cars. And, and then I guess we just started was that after your I three or before. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. Because you also had an I three. Yeah. Which was cool. The Panda spec. Yeah. That was a cool car. That was a Rex range yeah. extender. 
And uh, I used to drive that car. You know, that was the time we were living in New Canaan and, and I was commuting into Manhattan. And the goal, the challenge was to drive it all the way into the city, park it all the way back and not turn the gas engine on once, right? And I did it one time. The best thing that happened was there was traffic. And, and I was able to eke it out. It was about 85 miles round trip. And I just did it. I just did it. The gas engine never, never came on once in that car going all the way round trip in and out of the city. And then, was, that, then they came out with the bigger battery I3s. Yeah, they did. Got one of those. Um, I don't no. know that I got one of those. No, no, I'm not saying I said you never did. Yeah, no. Would have no. done it electric in the, the bigger battery I3. Yeah. But, but then but, what happened? There was a mod, there was a whole bunch of Teslas. Well, there was the, there was the 60D Model X, which right. was a software limited 75D, I think. Still the best value at the time. Yeah. And uh, you know, there was that was back in the day when you were still able to get the the tax, the full tax credit, obviously. That was a 2016, I believe. Yeah, it was one of the first Model Xs, and it was really interesting, too, because uh, on the 75-kilowatt-hour pack, the difference between the 60 and 75 wasn't 15 kilowatt-hours. It was like 10 and a bit kilowatt-hours, yeah. and you could full charge the 60 every day, where the 75, you had to charge the 90 That's true, right, because yeah. it was software. The battery was the same size. It was just, yeah. it was just clamped down. I mean, that, that, was, you know, that was just insane uh, to, to think about how – how computers on wheels were now being sold, right? You know, like the software limited. What is that? Why would anyone do that? That's crazy. Um, but we did take that trip on a, uh, that car on a road trip down to, I think, visit my, our daughter, Katie, who at the time was somewhere in, in college in, in Virginia. And that car, that was horrible to road trip. I think I might've gotten, 140 miles of range one way in the in the cold weather and and we we just um yeah it was not a great road tripper for sure that was uh um but it made some fun you know fun around christmas time you could you could really entertain the neighbors with that car <laughs> right with the, with the christmas update i remember when that came out we were all standing around it watching it flat um, yeah. but you've had model three s yeah. x and y you've had all of them Yes. Except for a Roadster. And which do you prefer out of all of the Teslas? I think the Model S. That's to me, that's that's the car. The three and the Y, they're very um what's the right word? Medical, clinical. I think they do a great job. They're amazing cars, but when you're going over bumps on a car on it like at 65 miles an hour. And with the Model Y, especially, maybe it was just the tires that we had on, on on that car. But that thing used to skip, and it wasn't that smooth. It wasn't that quiet. I had never had an issue with the vehicle. It was a great car, but it was the Model S with the air suspension. You get in that thing, it that was a real, real beautiful car. Now, the one that I had was was not a newer one. I don't remember what year it was. I think it had that. You had a really rare one. You had a P85 plus. That's right. P85 plus. With the uh, upgraded suspension that was only offered at first in Germany for high speed tuning. Then they put it on and beefy control arms. The thing was awesome. Yeah. And but it didn't, charge, it didn't charge at all very well. 
well, it was an old 85 kilowatt hour pack that, yeah. I mean, the thing, yeah, what didn't charge that great. No, no. But that car, I would say to answer your question, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I liked the X as well, but it was somewhat impractical in terms of, you know, the seating configuration and the doors were just a little, I don't know, a little ostentatious. Did you have the six seat? No, uh, yeah, not the seven. Right. They didn't fold flat. They didn't fold flat. Right. That was dumb. And the motors were right. super slow on that on that car. <laughs> right. They've since you been know. updated since that one. I mean, you it was a really early X and it had yeah. I would say you actually didn't have that many build quality issues on it. No, no. Yeah. I mean Ben, I think, had one of the earliest build uh yeah, lens was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> everyone in tesla knows ben's model x because yeah yeah <laughs> no i didn't I, I honestly i've never really i mean a lot of people call oh, look at the gap panels look at this look at that stuff doesn't even remotely bother me i i think the you know what tesla i'm a huge tesla fan i just got a little um they're so good they're not really all that much fun to road trip because Everything just works on them. Yeah. And and for the for the majority of the people out there, they're perfect. They're great. The Tesla network's insane. I mean, I don't need to tell you. You guys know this. I it's mean, the e easiest EV to recommend to someone because it has absolutely. the lowest barrier of knowledge entry. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything just works. It's got you don't even know it. It's got preconditioning. It's got on-route planning. It tells you exactly where to go. You don't have to think about anything. I mean, if you watch that video I did with the Ionic 5 down in Florida, th th that was, to me, my brain was going the whole time because I was thinking about strategizing. What am I going to do next? How am I going to do it? It kept me awake. I guess that's the only good news. That is the fun part. It, to me, I think it's fun. But it's for the average person. Very early days. Yeah, but like mom wouldn't want to do that. She doesn't want to do that. No. Yeah. <laughs> she, she uh, so mom... Uh, had the Model Y, got a Macan again, second Macan. What's next, Macan EV for mom? So we we actually are. You ordered one. We did. Well, we did. and I guess Porsche ordering is a little different because they don't have like a ordering system. You paid a dealership to be very high up on their. That uh, is just, that is uh, correct. That is correct. Cars. Yeah. What we what we don't there's so there's so there's potent, three potential moves. As the next move, my Ionic Five right now, I'm keeping it for a while at least. Mm -hmm. um, Kyle was joking with me as I had the ID4s, Jordan. He was yeah. like, "Dad, you got you got the rear wheel drive ID4, like the base one. Yep. You got then you wanted the fancy one, but they didn't have the all wheel drive one, so I got the fancy rear wheel drive one. Then when they came out with the all wheel drive one, I was I was Kyle's like, "Dad, you got to drive this thing. It's substantially faster." Not that I needed it, but I went and drove it, and then I was like, "Yeah, I gotta get, I gotta get the all-wheel drive." And plus, the Moonstone Gray really liked it a lot. Um, yeah. Didn't love the brown dash at first, but it kind of grew on me with the black. I don't think I ever saw your base one. No, but it looked just like you know, it was a white one with the yeah. light interior. It was, you know, it was, it was a, it was a great That's car. It was a fine interior, car, right? but. Um, what was I saying? So the uh, so the Moonstone Gray one that I had, um, you know, was 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 a great car, but the Ionic Five for me just feels like it. Just you know, sometimes when you have a car and it just kind of matches your character. I know I'm a lot older than a lot of you guys that subscribe to this channel. Perhaps, maybe not, but 
you know, it kind of looks like a, a, a little bit of a younger kid's car. But for me, I just think it, it's my personality. I really, really like it. Now, Kathy, on the other hand, she loves her Macan, but with with um, not that this is an economic decision at all, but gas now here in Fairfield County is like five fifty a gallon. Yeah, it costs eighty five dollars to fill up that Macan, and and that her Macan, she's got just a base Macan. It's a twenty twenty one. We bought it certified pre owned. Um, if we were to sell it today, she's driven it now for about 11 months, 12,000 miles, we would make $2,000 on the car. Yeah. That's how strong the value is. So, so a couple things started to, you know, um, we had a conversation about this GV60 and, uh, we decided to go in to look at the, the Genesis house in New York city and, Kathy was like, she didn't really want to go. She didn't really like it. But when she saw the GV60, she said, wow, that is that sort to her. It looks like a Macan. And she really felt as though that might be a nice car as a next car. If she decides to get rid of the Macan opportunistically, I think we're thinking there's nothing wrong with the Macan. There's no reason to get rid of it. It's a certified car. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, but she really fell in love with this GV60 and then Kyle's like, no, 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 no. You know, well, first of all, the GV60, <laughs> the GV60, I think more so than even the Ionic 5, you either love it or you don't. It's kind of, it's got that sob sort of, yeah. I don't know what the right term for it is. Polarizing, right? Kyle? Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's polarizing and it looks weird in some colors, but good in other colors. And I, yeah. think I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and and it and and Kyle doesn't like it, which has a little bit of impact on on um, on us, but not a lot. I mean, it, you know, it's usually <laughs> well, it's car mechanically. You can't say it's bad. I just would prefer the Ionic Five, which you already so, have. So there's one problem with the GV60, though. My wife fell in love with the Napa leather seats, uh. which are absolutely gorgeous. They have this this um, triangular. I don't know what you call it. It's like a cushion fabric um, leather. And you can only get those seats in the GV60. Uh, what do they call it? The advanced or the premium? I forget. I looked at the trims. I don't know. Well, the problem is it's on the fancy one. That's probably, we don't know how much it's going to cost. <laughs> but, okay, is it the performance one yes. or is it the nice one? No, it's the you have to get the performance one in order to get the Napa leather seats. And when I told Kathy that, she said, that's no problem. So, I was, <laughs> <laughs> so now, meanwhile, this car has 429 horsepower. It's got 260 kilowatt motors, uh, rear and front. And it has a boost button that gives you 10 seconds of overboost, making it go for, get 489 horsepower. And I mean, like that's just overkill for what what we need. My Ionic, my Ionic Five All Wheel Drive is so fast; it's plenty fast. But this GV60 is going to go. They claim zero to sixty-two in four seconds, yeah. I believe. So under the right and and Hyundai has, in my opinion, they've been very conservative with their ratings of the car. So for example, the Ionic five, they say zero to 60 in five seconds. I consistently am hearing about people 
four eight four seven, and I'm four eight in my uh, car scanner app that I use with the OBD two port scanner. And um, so I really believe that GV sixty is is a three point X zero sixty car. What do we need that for, right? I I don't know, but it has the Napa leather seats and the and the and the uh, performance model. So then Kyle's like, Dad, Mom really should get the Macan. She loves the the you know the Porsche. She should get the Macan EV. But the problem with that is we don't know how much they're going to cost. And then you're dealing with Porsche. So if Mom falls, I'm mean, saying this, Kyle. If Mom falls in love with one or two features in that Porsche, they nickel and dime you for everything on Porsche, right? So I don't know how much a base one's going to cost. I think Car and Driver magazine came out and said it's going to start at 80 grand. And when you think yeah. about a base rear-wheel drive Taycan, which is 86, I think, Kyle, 85, 999, something like that. Uh, I thought there were 79. No, they're not. Then maybe what I was thinking was after the tax credit. That's yes, that's that that's very well. But you're talking if that thing's 80 grand for the base base one, and then you'll need ten thousand dollars worth of options because you want headlights, windshield wipers, seatbelt <laughs> buckles, all the <laughs> yeah. So bottom line is we, we have we have five hundred dollars in on the GV60 deposit, it's totally refundable. Um there was a two and a half day window where they opened up orders on that. And I saw an article on inside EVs that they had opened it up and I put in the order and I got this concierge called me up, Mr. Connor, thank you for ordering. I mean, really high end service so far. And all I've done is put a $500 deposit down on the car. And, um, well, that's you know, a good sign. it is a good sign. And, and I was very impressed with everything that I saw at the uh, at Genesis House and just their attitude about what they're doing. And I do like the fact that it is, you know, basically the same exact car that I have with the with the Ionic 5 and the EGMP platform. So that's that's very much high on our list. But and then we put five hundred dollars down on the Macan. So option one is Kathy just keeps what she has and we're happy, which is a very strong possibility. Option two is GV60. If the GV60 comes in, and she really wants to go for it. We'll probably pull the probably pull the trigger on the GV60, and then, you know, take advantage of the strong market on the Macan now. You know, her her gas powered, uh, ice powered Macan, and then uh, we'll have optionality when the Porsche Macan comes in. And what I mean by that is, okay, if it's within reasonable pricing, and she really wants it, then. I'll make a decision as to which car I keep, whether it's the Ionic 5 or the GV60. Yeah. And so I think that's going to be the chain. And if and if the Macan comes in before the end of this year, then we'd end up with three tax credits. I know yep. a lot of people get mad when they say, oh, you're abusing the tax credits and all that. But you know what? They're there. It goes, into my, it goes into my buying decision. I'm sorry. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I'm really curious about the GV60 because I like the Ionic 5 and the EV6 for different reasons. And I think I might like the GV60, although I've not even really seen it in person or the interior, which is a big deal for me. The interior um, is insane. They, they, these these, these uh, engineers at, at Genesis, they did something really, really bad. They designed this magic crystal ball. Yeah. That is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> right? 
And my wife, Kathy, freaking loves it. Yep. She's like, I love the magic ball. I can't wait to get into that car. And and I'm going to say, you know, mirror, mirror, whatever she's, I don't know. It's like something <laughs> magical has come over her with this stupid magic ball. And, um, but I will tell you though, it's, it is really well done. Uh, the execution of the car, the quality components that they put into it. I, I did look, I looked carefully at the fit and finish. They had three pre-production models at Genesis house. They had one in a white color, which is what we would get the white with the white Napa leather seats. The 21 inch wheels make no sense at all, but they're gorgeous. And you got to get that with the performance. <laughs> So we'll probably have to talk to Drew about designing some Martian wheels that are 19s or something. I don't know. The he brakes is going look. to do Martian wheels for that chassis. Yeah, the brakes though are look pretty big on that car. Um, I, I wonder what they're doing to enhance the braking on that car be over the standard, uh, you know, because it's, it does have a lot of power. Um, but the interior is just that is the highlight of that car. The exterior, I really like, but yeah. it is eight inches shorter than a, a Porsche Macan and about four inches shorter than an Ionic 5. So it, it's 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 really kind of squat squatty. It's um, not a big not a big SUV. The GV70 is quite a bit bigger, and they're bringing that out as well this year. But, you know, that's not really built from the ground up. That's a convert, right? They're going to run still run the ice cars on that chassis as well as the um, – as well as the uh, the batteries, so, but I, I'm impressed with what Genesis is doing, not only with the vehicles, but also with their commitment to try and bifurcate the Hyundai experience, which is okay at some places. Like the dealer that we bought the Ionic Five from, Kyle Gary Rome's, that was one of the nicest car dealerships I've been in. That was beautiful facility. Um, they just celebrated their 25th anniversary today. And um, but there aren't a lot of Genesis or there aren't a lot of Hyundai dealers that you're going to walk into if you're a BMW, Mercedes, Audi buyer and go, wow, that was a great, you know, that was a great facility. And I think Genesis is going to change that. And they really laid down the the path, if you will, with respect to uh, Genesis House, which is which was really well done. Beautiful. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm loving Genesis. I mean, I've experienced you know, the sedans at least, and they're great quality. I know they're a bit more of a price over the Kia and um, Hyundai, but they're, they're really premium products at a pretty reasonable price. So I'm, I, yeah, I think selfishly, I think you should do option two and three so that I can see both. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah like well. it wouldn't be that surprising from your end. Cause yeah, you could just buy one and then you know, change your mind and sell it and get the, Macan, or yeah. like you said, keep it if you end up liking it more than the Ionic 5 and then sell that. Just keep them rolling. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. And, and it's, it's, I, I also like to see the, the experience that you get from purchasing these cars, you know, at the, at the dealerships. Um, I'll just leave it at that. Some are good, some are not so good, you know. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dealership model is interesting. That's, that's one thing I think I would like tesla for and yes. i think i align with you as far as model s probably would be my go-to if i was going to buy a tesla right now just because i like everything about that car um it, although i'm i'm such a small car person like in theory model three should be my go-to but i don't know maybe i'm maturing and i really want air suspension and slightly nicer 
drive and feel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, once you drive the e-tron, you're like, oh, air suspension is nice. Yeah, I can't wait to drive. Uh, so, <laughs> want to keep it on my dad's topic, but speaking of ordering a Model S, you know, I just did that uh, just to see the Tesla experience today, and it is so easy. I can just go through all of the things right here on my phone. Boom, 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 boom. And then apparently it just shows up at my door. Yeah. The future. Yeah. It's, this is <laughs> so good. And I don't have to negotiate on price. And they said the car's available in the next couple of weeks. And it's just like, wow, that's pretty freaking sweet. Oh, and by the way, Jordan, if if any of these dealerships charge, which I Porsche is not, I know that. They're not charging over sticker. But if Genesis does we're not buying it. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, that's just me. I, you, anyone yeah. who's out there, if you want to pay over sticker, go, go do it. I'm not doing that. Yeah. I just, I just, um, I don't, I don't need to chase a deal here. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just not something that, that, that will happen. So a lot of, a lot of this is really opportunistic. It's economic. It's, it's a nice thing to do, but you know, it's just, I'm, I'm also very, very much, um, you know, curious to, to understand the Genesis experience and see how that, that whole thing goes. Um, they've been, they've been super communicative, but they, they don't know a lot about what's going on. I did hear they're not bringing the rear wheel drive version to the States. Yeah. But you know what, like Kyle, I, I would say that the rear wheel drive version of that car, cause I drove the Ionic five rear wheel drive. You got to get a hold of one of those and do a 70 mile an hour test somehow. Um, that car did not feel like you know how you, the difference between an ID4 rear wheel drive and an ID4 all wheel drive. That's a significant difference. Like I don't care about numbers, but when you get in the car, you notice that you get that little feeling in the ID4 all wheel drive that you don't even get with the rear wheel drive car. The rear wheel drive Ionic Five, I didn't think it felt that much slower than the all-wheel drive one. Well, that's like, what Ben said too. You and Ben are the only two people I expect that have driven a rear-wheel drive Ionic Five because all the media cars are just all-wheel drives. Yeah, no, it 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 was. I was ready to buy one, as you know, as yep. some people know, at a dealership up in Massachusetts. So you know, I, it just didn't work out. But that car drove great. It really drove very well. Um, so I was thinking, well, if the Ionic five rear wheel drive drives really well, and if you could get the Napa lever leather in the rear wheel drive, which isn't happening because the car is not even coming here, then that would be the piece to get. Um, you know, especially if, if that car's going to be in, I mean, where we're living here, it's relatively flat and once in a while you get a snowstorm, but you know, I don't know. We'll so see. what about what about your thoughts on luxury electric cars, EQS, Air, uh, you know, Taycan or uh, Model S? Yeah. So, oh, boy, you got to go there. Um, so the Lucid Air, I am really, really in love with everything on paper, the technology, uh, the people, the 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 fact that it is, you know, they're bringing together just an incredible talented group of people and putting the car together and out there um, had a lot of fun following their whole journey to take the company public just was a personal interest of mine. Um, the car just doesn't do it for me from a look standpoint. And, and to the point where 
it's we went after we went to Genesis House. We went to see the Lucid in in uh, tri, not Tribeca in the Meatpacking District in New York. Was that the first time you had seen one? No, no. We That's remember right. you and I. We had we had seen it back at the New York um, whatever the uh, car club. We had like a little yeah at Manhattan Classic Car Club. The Manhattan Classic Car Club. We I had seen it there, and um, you know to me it just doesn't do it for me. But what's exciting to me about Lucid is what they're going to do a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, you know, that, so I'm a, I'm very bullish on lucid from a delivery standpoint, as far as the product itself, the fact that everything is vertically integrated, the fact that this company has grown up building batteries, they know what they're doing. And, um, but the car just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. The Taycan, the cross Turismo. I love that. I think that, versus a model s forget the plaid don't need the speed um and i wouldn't want that steering wheel although i did see that video you put up yesterday where you had a round steering wheel on a plaid is that is that right yep so but but i wouldn't need a plaid um model s 100 or tycon I think you got to have them both. You know, there's so much good about the Porsche. Uh, you know, when I did spend some time with, with one down in Florida, the, the car, Kyle, that you drove across country. Yeah. Thank the you 4S. Very much. It was a 4S and, and I loved it. Um, I don't know. I, that's a real tricky one. I think I might go with the, Cross Turismo. Over a Model S. I'd have to look at the pricing, but yes. Well, the Tycon for a nice one's a lot more. <laughs> no, but I mean you can can you you can't get a cross turismo in a rear wheel drive, is that right? No, but you can get the four, which is like the cheap all wheel drive. Okay, so yeah. so what is that price wise compared to a base model S? Forget about FSD. I don't want that. Just Yeah. Uh it's gonna be more for the Porsche by the time you put options on it. Yeah, easily twenty five. Yeah, because again, you want headlights, you want windshield wipers, you want. But you get, <laughs> but you get seventy five hundred off of the Porsche, whereas you don't yep. with the Tesla. Right. Yep. So if they're the same price, I think I'd go with the Porsche. Mm -hmm. Well, in Colorado, yep. we can get ten grand. Yes, yeah. we can do state plus federal. Yeah, yeah here I'm in Connecticut, the cheaper. You're you're only able to get it if the car MSRP X. X the uh, destination is under forty thousand, and it's twenty two hundred, I think. Right. So yeah, but I don't know. Fine. I'm okay with the MSRP cap on that. People who can afford a hundred thousand dollar car don't need the cheaper. Yeah. yeah. So cool. What's uh, what's next uh, for your YouTube career, Dad? You're gonna make more videos? Uh, I don't know. I just had somebody say something pretty nasty to me on my Florida road trip video that that was a little bit upsetting but I know you say don't read the comments but overall I, I was uh, I, I learned a lot I did the editing myself on that video using Final Cut yeah. and I truly enjoyed it I really did so I have all the footage for the return trip so I'm gonna I'm gonna start working on that uh, from Florida back up to Connecticut there, I will say that I did I did visit Pedro in uh, 
in, in uh, off of '95, and that was kind of some fun some fun time with Bailey there. And uh, visited my daughter in Tampa, and we went out to dinner there, and uh, kind of got a little bit close for we're not charging enough, and uh, <laughs> you know, it, to me, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that next, and I don't know what what I'm what I'm going to do as far as continuing to add content to the channel. If it if it seemingly is of value, I, I I'm. I don't really have access to the cars like you do, Kyle or Jordan. So, you know, how much more, what value can I put out there as far as the Ionic five? I'm not really sure if I get it, if we get a GV 60 or a Macan sure, we can, we can add a lot of content there. So I have to think about it. Some of the ideas though, that have been going through my mind, you know, Kyle, remember when we were talking uh, on the road trip from Connecticut to Florida and I was asking you about Watts and, you know, amps and all these different things. And as much as I'm into these cars and I, um, except for the little mistaking, uh, you know, got off the wrong exit and ended up having to charge, uh, in a 110, you know, I think I know what I'm doing when it comes to charging. And yeah, I was pushing it. I was, you know, admittedly pushing it a little bit there and should have been more conservative, especially being all alone and, and, um, you know, it being four in the morning. However, um, I think there's, there's a lot to learn, still for me about just some basic concepts here, you, you know, and, and how things, how things work. Now, I just don't know if the, if people would want to, would want to hear, you know, what's the difference? Why do you have to understand the difference between kilowatts and kilowatt hours? Um, does it matter? Um, you, you know, or the charging and the amperage and, you know, Kyle, you talk about, you go to an EA station and it's, and it's, I, I, I say it's a 350. And you say, yeah, but it's software limited to 350 amps. And I'm thinking 350 kilowatts. And you say, yeah, but they're, they should be 500 amps. Like, I just don't understand that. I don't get it. So you get it. I know you get it. And you're super confident about it. But I think there may be a video in the making where we can just have more of a basic conversation about what are the terms that you need to know in order to move over to this, this new sort of electric, because, you know, you know, the, the, the concept of a tipping point when it comes to any technology, when you go from to, I really think that 2023 is going to be a major tipping point. What's happened to me, in my opinion, from, you know, last year, starting with the ID four, now with the, uh, the, uh, the Kia EV six, there's a lot of different cars out there. The Volvo, um, I don't need to list them off, the Mach-E, obviously all the different cars that are out there. There's a huge amount of choice now. And people are starting to they're starting to think about maybe getting an, an, an electric vehicle as the second car. Maybe they don't take it on road trips. And so I think a lot of people are starting to be, you know, really starting to think about making the leap over to an EV. And what are the implications of that? from a charging infrastructure standpoint, there's so much that, that you both of you know that I don't think the average public knows. So I feel like I might be able to lead some sort of a, an effort to talk to the people that are not quite as nerdy or not quite as geeky as you both are. Um, and I think there might be some, some opportunities to uh, educate. Now I know there's a lot of videos out there, um, that talk about these things, but what do you guys think? I mean, I, I think there's a need for it. 
Yeah, I wonder if we should do on, so yeah, gotta figure out the right channel to put it on. Maybe motoring is the right channel to put it on uh, because that's more of your general audience. I feel like our reviews audience are like hardcore nerds. They get it. And we kind of don't, we can't lose our core audience there. Yeah. Motoring is definitely much more broad. Uh, totally different groups of people watch those videos, by the way. And so that might not be a bad idea. Perhaps we should find a backing sponsor from like a EV, uh, you know, sort of high level overview thing and sell 10 videos and have you present them or something like that. Uh, and that might be a good way to offset the costs. I think there could be a, uh, whether it's 10 or five, I think there could be sort of a course that, that we could offer, not a course, but just chapters of, of how to build on, on educating and, and the knowledge. I think that I would enjoy doing that. And I think the best way to do that in, in a lot of ways is, is to, is to teach people that don't have any experience charging. And which is I, most of people, most people. Yeah. And I mean, like Kyle, even watching you the other, whatever trip that was, Oh, when you were on the race to Vegas and you were trying to get the EA uh, super, whatever you call it, the EA charger going. Right. And I, I mean, how many times have you done that in your life? And you, it just, well, it's you know, not my error. It's just the units weren't working properly. Right. But, but how does someone know if they're a newbie that it's maybe that not them and it's the unit or, or, you know, well, so it wouldn't charge. So it's gotta be yeah. one of the two. <laughs> you know, like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, when you pull into an EA station, what does it say on the screen? Please plug in. Right? No. Yep. Don't please plug in. <laughs> Go on to the app. Swipe. Yeah. Then plug in. I'm a that fan works of every time. Yeah, I like I yeah. like the pre-activation because especially with a lot of newbies, you get to plug in the car and then they're like, what's the next step? And they there's a timeout limit for when you plug in the car that like isn't that long. And so if you don't swipe fast enough. Then it'll time out. It'll say, please put the connector back. But you actually just swiped on the app. And then the app gets bricked and the connect and then you can't charge. Yeah. There so so there's a there's another another thing that I just wanted to bring up. You had made a video recently, Kyle, about the three things that every EV needs. Um, preconditioning of the battery pack, on route, on route um, navigation planning, uh, charging planning, and plug and charge. Right. And as much as when I just said that to the two of you, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. I don't think everybody else, like I'm saying the vast majority of the people, they glaze over when they hear that. Like what well, does I that explained mean? what each one does. No, I know you did. I'm not suggesting you didn't. But what I'm saying is that I think there's an opportunity to really bring it down to maybe a whole new audience. You may, you may be on something. It's probably not for the reviews crowd, right? For the out of spec reviews. Um, I don't know if it makes sense to create another channel, but it might make sense to create a 10 pack. I think we, we take it into motoring. We do one road trip a week. So why not do a midweek? I think Alyssa wanted to call them. Uh, gosh, why can't I remember? It was such a good name. It was like <laughs> Tipsy Tuesday or something like that, but it was like uh, tidbit Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Or road trip you meaning university. Uh, you know, like a, a little bit of a course and, uh, 
you know, and then, I think I less university style, more YouTube style would be. The yeah, I think I, I like Tipsy Tuesday. I'll just give you a tip, and I'll also be drinking. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tipsy Tuesday could work. We got to talk to Timon if we can use his name. Though. Uh, <laughs> I have another idea that I wanted to run by you both, you guys, to see what you thought. You know, when I was when I was on this road trip from Connecticut to Florida, and then also coming back, uh, you know. I don't know about all of you out there, but I like to talk to people. I don't like to just sit in my car. I get out. I talk to people. And and for the most part, it kind of reminds me years ago when when my wife and I were building a house in, in on Long Island and everybody was building a house at the same time and people would get out of their cars and talk to each other and they had something in common. It didn't matter, you know, who they were, how old they were, what where they were from. There was a common bond that that happened when we were building that house, and and I lumber get the same. prices. What's that? Lumber prices. Well, now, well, forget it now. Yeah, but lumber prices. But you know, but now when you pull into a, a you know an EA charger, you can tell the people that want to talk and who don't. You leave the ones that just want to sit in their car and listen to music or watch a video or whatever. But there, you know, nine times out of ten, people are willing to get out and just kind of talk, and and I and I sort of I enjoy that. And then I noticed a lot of people don't really truly understand, you know, the charging speeds versus what their cars can absorb. And, and so I was talking to this one guy in, on the way back from Florida in Gainesville, on the way back to Connecticut from Florida. And this is a guy that he'll be in my next video. Kyle, he said he met you in Colorado. Um, I, I don't know, but he, he and I were brainstorming a little bit off camera about, creating sort of a uh, an idea to what are the sort of etiquette rules of charging it, it really irritates me when i see a tesla parked in a tesla supercharging spot not plugged in right or it irritates me if i see a kia nero charge charge plugged into a 350 or 94 or a bolt. And, and I, and, and I don't think people are, are doing this to be mean, although maybe, maybe, maybe the Tesla guys are, there's a sense of, there's a sense of, um, you feel like, Oh, you're special because you have an electric vehicle. Um, I don't, I don't know. I just don't really get that. So I thought it would be really helpful to kind of ask the community for input on what do they? What are their top five things that they would suggest from an etiquette standpoint? At when you're charging, right? What What do you do? And I could rattle off ten of them myself right now. But if we take a poll from from the audience, and I'd be glad to take this initiative on, and we take all of this information back from experienced users, people that have been doing this for a long time, and we create a document that becomes almost like a uh, a working document that we can share with with others. These are the things that we as a community try to uphold around charging stations. And like yesterday, I, I sent out a tweet and um, I was going grocery shopping just at the local, you know, at the stop and shop, we have the EAs here. And there wasn't another car there. Um, so I was down to 4%. And I figured it's time to charge up for the week. And I did. And I went there and I charged up. Now I have free, I have free a 
you know, charging. And I did that. But, you know, Kyle, remember Syosset with Tesla? Everyone, there were four stations there. They were, I think they were 120s maybe. And you go there and we were out visiting Kathy's mom and dad. And we'd come home and you'd get out and there'd be a line of four people there waiting. And some guy was on the hook. And I'm not going to say whether or not you could or could not maybe see what they what state of charge they were at. Perhaps there was some way to do that and get that information. <laughs> and we might know that they're at 95% and they're, and they're sitting there on the hook. And then when you get out and you talk to them, sort of along the lines of the, we're building a house. Hey, let's say, hey, that's great. Hey, where do you live? Oh, I live right down the street. Now, what are you doing? Right. I'm trying to pass through to get all the way back up to Connecticut. And there you are charging a, um, you know, you're blocking a, a charger. And I think that this is this is not something I don't even think the guy or people that I've run into that they deliberately are doing to make anyone mad. They're just not aware of what they're doing and the impact that they have. Nine out of 10 people. Some people are perhaps, you know, just going to do it because that uh, they feel a sense of entitlement. But I don't know. I, I feel like there is there is a, uh, a place for us to maybe aggregate what is the best of, uh, you know, charging etiquettes and publish a document and, and agree that if we as a community – say that these are the 25 items that you should try I, to do? I don't think we can represent the community. That's not our place. But we can certainly make a video with suggestions. Right. Perhaps you even reach out to a few of the charging companies and say, what are you finding? Here's what ChargePoint had to say. Here's what EVgo had to say. Here's what Electrify America had to say that they would like to see either stop putting stickers on the chargers, stop doing because they have their own issues. Uh, stop filming people at charging stations would be one that they would tell us. And it's like, no, sorry, that's what we do. Um, you know, th these are the things. So maybe just get it from all sides of the picture and then publish a video on it. Yeah, yeah I, I guess I, I don't disagree, Kyle. And that's interesting perspective from, from your angle. I, I guess the question is, how do we get this in the hands of the adopters, the early, uh, say not the early adopters, but the, 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 the the tipping point people that are not necessarily getting the information from the dealerships today as to the right or wrong way to charge. And by the way, it's possible that the dealerships are actually saying this as the cars are driving out. But, you know, when you get a brand new car, there's so much going on in your mind. You're thinking about how do I turn the radio on? How do I put it in gear? There's so much to learn, right? The learning process has to continue after you drive the car away from the dealership. And it's not going to, if they don't want to learn, they won't learn there. You have to go out and search for the information. I mean, the best we can do is utilize our platform to get it out to as many people that find our videos. Uh, there's nothing I think we can really ethically do beyond that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we better wrap it up, but if any of you watching or listening have ideas, just drop them in the comments because the more we see, the more we can think of to throw in videos. So but Dave, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your story and your input and how you've experienced charging for better or for worse. And, uh, I think more <laughs> out of spec, Dave, YouTube videos. Everyone loves you on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I don't know. You, you got to ignore the comments who say otherwise because they're just, you know, YouTube's yeah, full of liars. 99% of people are like, more <laughs> Kyle's dad. And I'm like, that's less work for me. More Kyle's dad. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and uh, you know, it's... Uh, 
it's just it's a wild it's a wild thing to even think that uh, you know people take a look at what 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 product we're putting out here and uh, in my case uh, but yeah guys thank you so much for asking me to come on and you know it's uh, it's great Jordan one day you should have me on and I'll tell you all about Kyle you know as yeah. he was growing oh, up good perfect <laughs> <laughs> the bonus I won't podcast. do that no I don't <laughs> I won't do that. All right. Well, we'll see everyone next time. You can find Dave at Out of Spec Dave. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.